With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. You don't drive just an average truck or do just an average job. So get to Northern Tool. With brands like Milwaukee, Steel, Lincoln, Honda, and more, we bring the power. We're definitely not your average tool store. Visit our store or buy online and pick it up curbside. Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work. Get road ready and shop trailers and towing at your local store. Save on trailer jacks, ratchet straps, lighting, winches, e-track, and more. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Welcome back in, everybody. And uh, today we are joined by a very special guest by the name of David Waters. And he is at Gators Breakdown, covering all things Florida Gators football. And we are excited to have him here on the Uptempo Podcast. David, how you doing today, man? Doing good, doing good. Glad to uh, finally get this uh, Billy Napier era under underway finally some real football it might be spring football but it's our it's our first taste of doing nature on the field yeah man david like we were just talking about in the in the little pre-show man is is that's one of the first things i wanted to ask you is uh you know getting on the football side of it is is the billy napier hire man could you talk about the fan buzz and and just uh what it's like around the campus and 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 what are those fans feeling with this hire yeah, I mean, a lot of excitement because uh, it is a little different uh, than, than, than Dan Mullen. And, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, if, you would have, if, you would have been, if we would have been talking a year ago, if you would have asked me or if I would have told you Dan Mullen would be fired at the end of the 2022 season, you know, we would have looked at each other kind of crazy there. But yeah. That's exactly what happened. 
uh, a year later uh, after playing in the SEC championship game versus Alabama uh, in a closely contested contest and even starting the 21 season uh, yeah. with a closely contested game versus Alabama. But you kind of just pretty much fell apart right there uh, for, for, for Dan Mullen. And the part of it was you just could never really get a hold of, of, of the – uh, the pathway to competing for championships under Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was there. It definitely wasn't there on the recruiting side. And you know, I think uh, uh, it was the, that was the biggest question of Dan Mullen coming in at Florida is would he ever be able to recruit at a level? Uh, well, I think we got our answer that you can't develop <laughs> players at a high enough level if you don't have those five-star, four-stars. You might get uh, a year or two hit there, but on a consistent basis, you've got to recruit at a high level. Uh, and develop mm-hmm. those high-level players. And I don't think Florida was ever going to get that way in the damn moment. So I think that was part of the reason of going and giving a head coach like Billy Nick or somebody who's been around that Nick Saban model. Now, don't get me wrong, that doesn't guarantee success. We, we see all those Nick Saban um, assistants that go on to bigger jobs, and it doesn't necessarily work out. So you know, there, there's a risk there as well, but mm-hmm. he does get it. He, the, he was the coach at Louisiana, built that program up from – uh, pretty low spot there, mm-hmm. uh, making them the, the best team in the Sun Belt. So you're getting somebody who's a lot more detailed than Dan Mullen, somebody more that wants to recruit at, at a high level, uh, more so than Dan Mullen, and actually make that process happen. Uh, that, that's going to be one big difference. So I think, you know, based off of uh, the, the recruiting efforts so far, uh, his background in recruiting, uh, and success on the field and building Louisiana up. Now, of course, we'll, we'll have to wait to get our answers on the field uh, this fall. Uh, he had a pretty successful offense at Louisiana mm-hmm. and, and found a young defensive coordinator in Patrick Tony that he brought from Louisiana at Florida, along with some other big-time staff members. But so far, so good on the on the Billy Napier uh, outlook. But look, that's what we're supposed to get this early in the tenure, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see what how, how it all plays out. Yeah, man, and and like I said uh, earlier, is I, I'm I'm on the bandwagon. I think the Billy Napier hire was uh, electric for the fan base, and and couldn't be happier, man. Um, you know, I, you mentioned a little bit about the defensive coordinator and 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 those hires. Could you touch on uh, Could you touch on the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator hires, and 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 what are what are both sides of the ball going to look like this coming up year? Yeah, so Florida's bringing over Patrick Tony, uh, mm-hmm. who was the defensive coordinator the last two seasons at Louisiana uh, uh, under Billy Napier, and it's thought to be one of those fast rising um, defensive coordinators there. He mm-hmm. had the pedigree there, um, so kind of under that Dave Miranda uh, style of defense, uh, mm-hmm. kind of connected to that coaching tree, uh, just a, just a bit there. But he's going to be sharing duties with Sean Spencer, who comes over from the NFL. Um, uh, from, from the Giants. Uh, he's a defensive line coach. Patrick Tony will also coach safeties uh, as well. So there's your kind of co-defensive coordinators uh, right okay. there. But uh, uh, the, the big steal uh, was getting Corey Raymond uh, away from huge. LSU. Uh, and uh, it's huge for Billy Napier to come to Florida and be able to, to, to bring Corey Raymond uh, away from LSU. And it doesn't matter kind of why the reasons he left LSU or or maybe why Brian Shelley didn't want to keep him around. He could have went anywhere in the country, but he decided to go um, with uh, Billy Napier and with his first staff at, at Florida, a place where he'll be able to recruit DBs, much like he did in Louisiana. He'll have some mm-hmm. DBs at a high level there. So yeah, I think you really kind of have to be excited if you're a Gator fan about what you're seeing on that defensive side led by a young up-and-coming DC and Patrick Tony, um, Sean Spencer up front. 
uh, and Corey Randall on the back end. Uh, Florida's bringing back Mike Peterson, uh, a great linebacker. To, uh, he got him away from South Carolina. He'll be coaching the outside linebackers there mm. uh, for, for, for Florida. Jay Bateman comes over from North Carolina to coach the linebackers, the inside linebackers. So a lot of experience for this Florida staff uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And Patrick Tony, uh, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago on, on, on Gators Breakdown about simulating pressures and, and this term called creepers and what they like to do on defense. And mm-hmm. really what it is is, you know, don't get me wrong, he'll rush more at times, but it's a lot of the time basically only rushing four on defense. You just don't know where the four are coming from. Uh, uh, the, the pressure comes from making the quarterback have to guess so much mm-hmm. uh, of, of where the pressure is coming from, not necessarily bringing five, not necessarily bringing six, mm-hmm. uh, but bringing four guys in that simulated pressure uh, that, he, that, that he likes to implement. So that's kind of, kind of what you can look for on the Patrick Tony defense. Yeah, man. Uh, I was looking it up, and – I think he had like the 11th best scoring defense in the country last year at Louisiana, uh, and and I think Florida was like 65th or something like that. So I mean, <laughs> that, that's that's got to be uh, that's got to be exciting for Gators fans, man. Um, yeah, man, this defense has been a sore spot. Florida <laughs> should never have a bad defense. Florida recruits too well on that side of the ball. Florida can recruit uh, athletes on that side of the ball, and just for whatever reason, the bottom fell out. You know, Tar Grantham is the main reason, of course, but the bottom just <laughs> fell out uh, the last couple of years. So you hope uh, that it, it, it's not so much of a rebuild project. It's just yeah. you know, a, a way of teaching things uh, to make this defense turn around. Yeah, David, man, uh, that was really good stuff. Flipping over to the offensive side of the ball, man, uh, I want to talk a little bit about you know, the Jack Miller transfer, and, and, you know, we all know how talented AR is down there. Uh, is is this a legit QB battle going on in the spring right now? Um, uh, in the end, uh, I'll preface it with this. In the end, I still think Anthony Richardson wins the battle. But I do think Jack Miller is bringing something to the table. Uh, okay. We're still early on in the process, of course. And Florida's only had, you know, when we're talking, has only had four spring practices, but... Yeah, the first couple there, Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, led the way, uh, and then through two practices, Henry Jones decides to go ahead and transfer and not and not go through spring. So that mm-hmm. opens the door uh, even more for Ohio State transfer quarterback Jack Miller, uh, and uh, I think he'll be the number two uh, above Jalen Kitna, above Carlos Del Rio Wilson. Uh, and for the last two practices, practice three and four so far, has shown uh, some accuracy, shown some uh, ability to press the ball down the field. Something that if you go back and look at the Ohio State spring game last year, which that's about the, the, the most that we've been able to see uh, of Jack Miller in, in you know, throw after throw, drive after drive, series after series, it was a lot of check downs, a lot of safe throws, uh, throwing to receivers that were stopped and not necessarily uh, in, in stride. Uh, looking at the quarterback, but through some of the early practices here at Florida, his receivers in stride, pressing the ball down the field. So those were some of the improvements that I wanted to see, you know, based off of what I saw from that Ohio State spring game last year there. So, you know, would, I think would help Florida if they could find a, uh, a backup that could really push Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think by the time, you know, Anthony Richardson's going to be a little rusty. He had that off-season knee surgery. 
He was kind of immobilized for a couple months. Wasn't able really to throw a whole lot. Didn't start throwing until around the end of February, so about two, three weeks before spring practice uh, got going. So he had to knock off some of the rust uh, there. But, you know, a whole new offense for, for all the quarterbacks there. Uh, but when it's all said and done, I still think it's going to be Anthony Richardson's potential, Anthony Richardson's talent profile that gets the job, uh, that gets that quarterback job for him. And hopefully he takes off and done for Man. Uh, I think that's what we're all expecting to see, and and he is uh, he is electric, man, and and I can't wait to watch it, um, David. Man, I, I want to go out to uh, the the wide receiver position, man. I know y'all lost a little bit out there. Uh, what are what are some names that we could uh, expect to see this coming up year uh, out there at the wide receiver spot? Yeah, early on in spring camp, probably no surprise. Justin Shorter goes in mm-hmm. uh, as the number one receiver and has looked every bit as the number one receiver. Uh, those deep throws that I mentioned there from Jack Miller, I also saw a, a deep throw from Anthony Richardson uh, down the field in the end zone, about 40, 50 yard bomb down the field mm. from AR from Jack Miller, and both of them have been to Justin Shorter in the end zone. So uh, he's probably living up to that number one. Uh, wide receiver building last year uh, or this year, but if you go back to last year in that scary situation there uh, in the Florida Bowl game versus UCS toward the end of that game, mm-hmm. he was uh, you know, carted off on a stretcher uh, toward the end of that game, so everything's A-OK there. He's going through spring ball, looks to be that number one receiver, uh, but behind him, yeah, Florida has to find Florida has to find something behind Justin Shorty. Yeah, Jacob Copeland mm-hmm. transfers to Maryland, uh, Shorter and Copeland had very similar stats last year, uh, so you, you, you had a potential of both those guys coming back this year from Florida, but Jacob Copeland uh, decides to transfer, so it's time for a, a trip with him to stay healthy and become uh, that, that, slot, that starting slot receiver for Florida. It's time for Xavier Henderson to live up to his high recruiting profile. Mm-hmm and use his speed to beat the finish down the field. And if those, if those guys can't, you look for some younger guys to, to, to start breaking through for Florida. Uh, like Dejon Reynolds or Marcus Berg, who we saw flash last year. Mm-hmm. Quavion Frazier has done some really nice things so, so far early in spring camp. A very you know, tough uh, wide receiver. I think that t- kind of tough possession wide receiver that I think he's going to find himself in a role anyway. So while it seems like I think he, he's got that win wrapped up, but mm-hmm. Whittemore, Henderson, those guys don't step up. I do think some younger guys uh, can stand, can, can really show this spring that may, they may deserve to be able to do it a bit more. Mm. David, man, um, <laughs> one more thing I want to ask you, man, is, is you know, Billy Napier, he gets down there to Gainesville and he puts his staff together. And, I mean, you guys were like, what, 13th out of 14th in recruiting when he got there. And then all of a sudden – I mean, you guys are one of the top classes in the country. Uh, how did he make that happen in such a short time? Uh, first of all, really nailing early signing day. Mm-hmm. Uh, had been on the job for basically a couple weeks and, and goes and lands Kamari Wilson uh, right there, uh, a very on the verge five star player, but he was the, I think, uh, 40th, 45th top player in the country uh, there for Kamari Wilson. So you get him uh, there in role. He'll play at cornerback uh, for Florida. And then Devin Moore uh, as well, an early enrollee. He was Notre Dame commit before that. Uh, it's a top you know, 250-ish player in the, in the country. So really able, a four-star right there. So able to really grab two DBs uh, early on in the process. Again, keeping Chris McClellan com- committed. He had committed to uh, the previous staff. I visited Oklahoma uh, right before early signing day, but you were able to get him in, get him signed, and he's taking 
Oh, and all three of these guys are taking part in spring practice as well. All these guys are early enrollees and three of the highest players in the class in Florida mm. uh, as well. So, you yeah, really good to get those high-profile guys. Uh, and uh, as far as McClellan was, if he could impress early on, live up to his recruiting profile early in his career, Florida needs some help right there along the defensive line, especially in the middle. So, 6'3", 295 is what he was listed as a recruit. I mean, he could probably come in and make some headway because besides Jervon Dexter there up front for Florida on the defensive line, Florida, Florida, Florida doesn't have much in, in, in production that has been proven. So maybe McClellan can come in as an early enrollee true freshman uh, and make some headway there. But also get Shamar James, one of the top linebackers in the country, mm-hmm. out of the state of Alabama, away from Georgia, away from Alabama. Uh, that was a big pickup there for, for, for Billy Napier. Getting Trevor Etienne, a running back out of Louisiana, Travis Etienne's little brother mm-hmm. uh, can, can kind of – you know, send some headway there just because of the last name. I'm a Florida needs some help at running back as well. So those are you know, kind of the top guys there. Uh, and able to, uh, just on a short, short, short time, short time frame, able to bring uh, some, 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 some top athletes. So for now, you know, moving forward, it's uh, kind of fixing what's been wrong with recruiting for Florida uh, the last few years. You know, you got to recruit the state of Florida a whole lot better. And not mm-hmm. only just get the, the, the top guys. We need to be the top guys in the state of Florida. Keep those guys from going to Alabama. Keep those guys from going to Georgia. Keep those guys from going to Ohio State. That's mm-hmm. going to be uh, probably, probably priority number one for Billy Napier is uh, you know, keeping those gates of Florida uh, more friendly for the Gators. David, man, I tell you what, uh, I am from Mobile, Alabama, and the Shamar James kid is absolutely special. Um, he can do it all man it, it it's <laughs> y'all are getting a player down there i can tell you that and um yeah and play, and play, and play. florida needs some you know, true linebackers you know, it's uh went back and looked at it you know, florida's recruited linebacker pretty good it's the highest rated recruited position on florida's roster but mm-hmm. has just had some problems there in recent years because they tried to just kind of fit some guys out of position into that linebacker position but florida's recruited really good there uh, the last couple classes, your mama Diabate was also from Alabama. He, got, he transferred mm-hmm. to Utah, uh, but you had him going coming from Alabama. Uh, Scooby Williams, uh, mm-hmm. the year before, uh, another linebacker from the state of Alabama. And now Shamar James from the state of Alabama. So Florida's recruited linebacker pretty good from that state. And then I just hope Shamar James, they're more of a true linebacker can come in, you know, and, and down the road just kind of show and live up to that, uh, you know, kind of close to you know high-level four-star, five-star uh, player. Well, David, man, I, I know you just mentioned the Utah connection, and uh, and I know they are coming to Gainesville to kick the season yeah. off, man. And I had a Utah insider on here about two weeks ago, uh, Josh Newman, and and we talked about the uh, the Utah Utes and their upcoming season, man. And and he uh, he said that that game for them is going to set the tone to see if they can make the college football playoff. So I want to ask you, David, what is that game going to mean for the Florida Gators with it being Billy Napier's uh, first first go, man? How big is it going to be? Yeah, it's going to be huge. I mean, actually, you know, Utah's going to be a top 10, top 15 team mm-hmm. when they roll into the swamp there. And we'll see where Florida's going to be. Uh, probably maybe you know, hovering around that 2025 range if they, if, if they are ranked. Uh, there, so you know it could it could be a top ranked matchup there. 
uh, coming into the swamp. But either way, Utah State definitely will be ranked in that top 10, top 15 range uh, when they come to Gainesville. So, yeah, Billy Napier has a chance, game one, to uh, really touch the head. You know, there's going to be some eyes on Florida that first week uh, with that big, you know, at a conference matchup, Pac-12 versus SEC. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, I, I think uh, Gator fans you know, don't necessarily like this noon kickoff there. Uh, early in the season, but it might, it might help for them. Uh, yeah. Get that Utah team to come and bake in the sun for a few hours and in that Florida <laughs> heat, and you know maybe uh, that, that could go a long way for for a Gator victory. But yeah, you know Florida. I mean, just not only that, you know Utah game one, Florida has to turn right around game two and play Kentucky the, the very mm. next week and, 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 uh, to open SEC play. So very two very tough, hard nosed style of cultures uh, there with Utah taking those first couple games. You know, Billy Napier goes uh, one and one. He, he, Gators, I think, had to be really, really happy. Really you know, two and oh, and you know, I think you start uh, really turning some heads early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a possibility to go zero oh, and two as well. You know, playing uh, Utah team that's going to be highly ranked, playing the Kentucky team that Florida has struggled with for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very, very tough opening couple games. But you know, Florida still got more talent than both those teams on the roster. And now it's really about how fast can Billy Napier tap into that potential when you play those two teams over open the season. Mm. David, man, look, talking about the the talent on the roster, man. Uh, I I know that that y'all y'all are loaded uh, from top to bottom, man. And and you talking about Billy Napier, how fast can he get it done? Where do you see this team finishing this year? And and how how fast do you think Billy Napier can get it turned around? Is it two, three years down the road? Yeah, I think history shows us. You know, you can you can have really good signs in year two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw Urban Meyer win a national championship in year two. I'm mm-hmm. not saying Billy Napier needs to win a national championship. I'm just saying you you, yeah. you, you can gauge success uh, mm-hmm. by by second year. Uh, Will Muschamp in his second year at Florida, uh, a one loss regular season. Uh, Dan Mullen, uh, eleven and two in his second season. Jim McElwain took part into the SEC championship game in his second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's the recent success. Uh, right there, I think you can start looking at you know second year under uh, under, under head coaches. Uh, so yeah, I think by year two, you know, we we need to see some tangible progress. And, and you know, but first, you know, it goes by what, what do we see in year one? As I mentioned the early part of the schedule that's really tough for Florida. Mm-hmm. Now they do get a lot. I think six of the first seven games are at home. Uh, for Florida, and then you also have the game in Jacksonville versus, versus Georgia. So mm-hmm. uh, the early part of the schedule, you don't have to travel hardly at all uh, if you're Florida. I think the trip to Knoxville is the only road trip of the Gators early on in the season. So mm-hmm. uh, that's still an early game. So Florida's got, as I said, Utah. They got Kentucky. They got Tennessee early on. You know, you'll know a lot about Florida in that first month of the season. Uh, about where this kind of program and what Billy Napier can able to do early on, and then later in in the in the first year, LSU, Georgia, Texas A and M. Now there's a bye week in between LSU and Georgia. Uh, that's three games in a row right there, mm. uh, right in the middle of the season. That uh, is really really tough for Billy Napier in year one. So uh, going through a transition, trying to figure out the roster, trying to figure out what talent you have, why you got to play that type of schedule. There might be some growing pains there. So, yeah. like I said, it's really all about how fast you can get this you know, talent profile to kind of gel together. Because while Florida has been pretty at that elite level, they're still going to have more talent than most teams that they face. Uh, it's kind of comparable to Texas A&M. It's kind of comparable to LSU. It is behind Georgia. Uh, but you start looking at rosters and, and you know, Florida's got, the, Florida's got some talent. 
It's just really all about how fast the Navy can, can bring it all together for a very, very tough year one schedule. But year two, we should see, uh, you know, we'll see the progress of Anthony Richardson. And, and look, he, if he has some type of crazy season, you know, he can mm-hmm. get a little to the NFL uh, after this coming up season. But you know, if you can get him back for that 2023 season, uh, I think that, you know, can really start out Florida for a run with a little bit easier schedule the next season. Man, that's good stuff, David. Uh, Man, uh, excited for some Florida Gators football. Uh, my co-host, Dalton Garrett, on here, man, he comes on from time to time. He is a huge Florida fan, and he has tickets for that opener with Utah, and he will be down there in Gainesville, and he is excited. And he's excited for me to release this episode to hear what you have to say, man. Um, he, he's Gators through and through, man. We're actually, uh, we actually planned a trip uh, to the SEC baseball tournament today, um, he, you know, me and my brother, uh, my brother's a co-host on here, and and we do this podcast, and we're both Auburn fans, and he's a big Florida fan, so we are going to go up to the SEC baseball tournament and watch some baseball up there. Uh, he, you know, I know Florida's baseball team; they're hot, man. They're they got studs all over the place, and uh, my uh, my Auburn Tigers are trying to figure some things out, but we just enjoy uh, watching sports, and and we get along, man, and and you know. Talking about the Auburn and Florida stuff, David. Man, why don't we play more often? I, I know, I I know the cross the cross scheduling with the East and West, but man, we have when when Auburn and Florida play, it's absolute fireworks. Why don't we play more often? I know, man. As a game, you know, I, I grew up watching. <laughs> and like, of course, and I grew up in the nineties. Uh, there, so Florida was winning a lot. Auburn had that stretch in the mid nineties. You know, it was Furrier and Bowden. Um, you know, tell you about matchups there. You know, in the mm-hmm. 90s, coming down to the wire, coming down to those last second field goals, uh, it really set the tone. But it, you're right. It seems like every every time these two teams get together, uh, no matter what year it is, just really, really intense matchups, close games. Uh, there are a lot of similarities here between these two teams. But, you know, before, um, and it still may be the case. I got to go back and look. But you know, before they they split off and not able to play every year, I mean that was Florida's second oldest rivalry behind. Yeah, Georgia. you know Florida and Florida and Auburn played a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know schools are not that far apart from each other in, in the grand scheme of things. When mm-hmm. you start looking at you know SEC teams on the map, uh, so yeah, I, I'd love to see it more. I hope hopefully when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC, the SEC kind of figures out scheduling a bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. Where we, I, I'd love to see you know Florida Auburn play a, a, a good bit. You know. One of my good buddies is an Auburn fan as well. Uh, he had moved up to New York uh, the year Florida Auburn played in 2019. Uh, but we, we already bought our tickets and stuff, so he flew down to New York. You know, we had a good time. It's his first time in the swamp, and yeah, it was uh, a crazy atmosphere. So yeah, I, I, I miss that game. I hope these two teams get to play a whole lot more in the future, whether it be in Atlanta for the SEC championship or you know the the, uh, the, the SEC kind of figures out that scheduling model where you know two, the, the two teams in the SEC that should be able to play a little bit more can't play some more. No doubt, man. David, man, last thing I want to ask you before I let you get out of here, man, is uh, look, I've had some, I've had some big time recruiting insiders on here from from uh, outside of the SEC, and and that was one of my main things with this podcast was I wanted to give my SEC listeners uh, a little a little different taste and go uh, go nationwide and and get on some big time programs that they don't normally get to follow or listen to daily uh, like, like they do in, in this beautiful conference that we get to watch. So, uh, I, you know, I, I brought on guys from Oregon, USC, Oklahoma, Iowa, uh, BYU, Utah, 
Miami, man, I, I've I've covered a bunch, and uh, Ohio State, I had them on. Um, and and one thing I always like to ask my guests is, should the college football playoff expand past four teams, and should they have waited until two thousand and twenty six? What what is your thoughts on that? Um, you know, people, yeah, I, I said this, you know, a lot of people will probably call, you know, I'm a, I'm a college football elitist, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a good, I'm not a fan of inclusion in college football, mm-hmm. I think it should be an exclusive club, I think you should have a, I think you should have a great season, not just get hot at a particular part of the season, look, if it was up to me, they'd go back to two. Thank you. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the four team. I won't be a big fan of the eight team. I won't be a big fan of the sixteen team. Uh, I just think you know what college football. Um, it, it doesn't have to be fair. Uh, it's just uh, for, for to me college football. It means you go have to me. What I like about the champion of college football, even with four teams, but even more so back back when it was two in the BCS, mm-hmm. you knew that team had a great season. Mm-hmm. You could not take a great season away from them. Uh, and now you have it where teams can lose conference championship games and still get in, or they get a rematch and you know, win. You're not taking anything away from Georgia <laughs> this past year, but you know, they, they lost that conference championship. Yes, they did. Uh, you know, but, but, but granted, you know, Alabama had lost to Texas A&M early in the year, too. So mm-hmm. you can go back and look at it that way, too. But, uh, you know, for, for the most part, when you you've been able to look at champions and a champion for college football has been crowned and said, you know, that team has had a great season. I'm afraid when we get to 18, when we get to 16 teams, mm-hmm. there'll be a team that, you know, start, start, start off slow, have a bad loss or whatever, but they'll just get hot in, you know, November, December and go yep. on to, to win a championship. And, you know, maybe, maybe you know, just because they're in an easier conference, maybe their schedule wasn't as hard. They didn't have to go through the rigors and deal with injuries like a team in the SEC uh, or the Big 12 or, you know, when those, in the Big 10, when those, when those conferences are good. Uh, and, you know, just because you had an easier path, you could rest players. You could, yeah. you could take advantage of an easier schedule. And I think, you know, you start adding teams – um, or right there. Look, maybe I'm contradicting myself a bit. I just said, you know, college football isn't fair. Uh, so that's part of it, it, it not being fair right there. But like I said, I, 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 I'd hate to take away the feeling that, you know, that champion had a great entire season. They just had a great entire month. Yeah. Uh, of play. So that's, uh, if it's me, I, I keep it at four. Uh, but the TV money talks, TV dollars talk is yep. going to expand. I'll have to accept it. But I don't, I don't have to like it. <laughs> well, David, here's my thing, man, and this is what I tell a lot of people, is I'm not for expansion uh, either myself. I, I just don't like it. I grew up in the BCS era, and yep. I, I just, I mean, that's what I'm used to. And I'm okay with four. Um, like you kind of said, you know, I don't, I don't really like it, but I'm okay with it. Um and and I tell a lot of my Auburn people this, man. I got a lot of Auburn fans that listen to this show, and I tell them, hey, our regular season, the, even this past season, you know, we went six and seven, but it was a playoff. We went to Penn State and we lost. Right? If you really want to look at it, that was a playoff game for us because if we win, now you have a Big Ten win on your on your resume on the road in Happy Valley. Um, and with a whiteout, and they rarely lose whiteouts, so that was a huge win. It it could have been, you know, um, and and we lost it. So then we come back and we play Georgia at home, and we get slaughtered. Um, and so you know, 
that could have been another big uh, playoff resume win. And then, you know, we let Alabama off the hook on with a minute and 30 seconds left, and that was that could have been another playoff game. And so I always tell m- my listeners, man, you're, you're diminishing the regular season when you just keep yep. expanding and expanding and expanding. And, you know, I mean – might as well just let's move it to basketball and let sixty eight in and and I mean because they don't even get six they don't even get the bracket right in that in in my opinion so I mean man I don't I I just I'm not for I know it all comes down to TV and that's why we have three minute breaks uh, when we have a touchback and uh, it, I mean the the TV ads and commercials and all that I mean it's all about money uh, that's what I tell everybody and. I just I, I hate the direction of college football, man. I, I just I think it's going down a, a I think it's going down a bad road, to be honest, David. But man, yeah, man. I, I, I was actually thinking about this today too. And in some ways, I've listened to some other podcasts and stuff out there. And look, I mean, with some of these conversations we're having about the, the sport, you know, college football is, in some people's eyes, it's losing its charm. It's yeah. losing it, it's, the, the charm it had. The, the, David, man, hey, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, and man, could you tell my guests where they could find you at on social media or YouTube or whatever? Yeah, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. You can find Gators Breakdown at newsboardjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown, uh, video version on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. David, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, man, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on here and maybe do a little uh, do a little report card grade, midterm grade during a Florida bye week. What do you say about that? Yeah, sounds good, man. Man, hey, I really enjoyed it, and uh, talk soon, David. Sounds good. Thanks, Wade. Wow, everybody. Woo! David Waters, man. Gators breakdown. That was good stuff. Really good stuff. Really enjoyed it. Uh, smooth guy to talk to uh, just hit him up message me right back said hey man let's get it done let's chop it up let's talk some SEC football and uh, and just a really solid guest and I'm excited to have him uh, <laughs> DG man you got your, you got your wish man you got your Florida Gators on here the Up Tempo Podcast guys I, this is my first episode with Belly Up Sports and I'm with them now, and, and or we are with them, I should say. I don't want to leave my two co-hosts out of this. We are with Belly Up Sports now, and we are excited uh, to, to get this show on the road and and just all the opportunities, man. If you haven't followed Belly Up Sports, go follow them on Twitter, uh, Facebook, whatever you got to do, man. Uh, watch their, their content on their Belly Up Live TV. They have extremely, extremely good shows on there uh, with NFL fantasy talk and all kind of stuff, man. It, it is exceptional stuff. Uh, you can go on their website and check out all the different kind of podcasts that they offer, and it is just extremely good stuff. Uh, great people, 
to join forces with and uh, and grow the Up Tempo podcast for their network. And we really appreciate Belly Up Sports for the offer, uh, guys. Like I said. This is another one in the books, and I appreciate y'all joining me, and I will catch y'all on the next episode. Peace out. You don't drive just an average truck or do just an average job. So get to Northern Tool. With brands like Milwaukee, Steel, Lincoln, Honda, and more, we bring the power. We're definitely not your average tool store. Visit our store or buy online and pick it up curbside. Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work. Get road ready and shop trailers and towing at your local store. Save on trailer jacks, ratchet straps, lighting, winches, e-track, and more. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.